Okay, so we got some big games. Week 16. I, 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 we got Saturday games. No Thursday night games. Saturday games and Sunday games. We got a lot to get to. Also, we're going to talk some NBA basketball today. I have Giannis and the Lakers. Clippers and Rockets. I'm going to tell you what I think about those games. Uh, I have two different takes on those on those two games, but... I'm gonna let you hear those guys. I'm gonna let you hear those takes. Stick around so you can hear those. Um, you'd be surprised what I'm gonna say, but I like what I saw. Both, I think we probably last night with the with the with the TNT special doubleheader. I think we probably saw the four best teams in the NBA. Um, but I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have more info on that. Stay tuned. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Okay, so we had Bucks, Lakers, Lakers. Um, the Lakers on a five-game road trip uh, in the Eastern Conference. They played really well um, down south against the against the Magic, the Heat, the Hawks. They went up north, lost to Indiana, um, and now they lost to uh, Milwaukee. And this Bucks, everybody's going crazy. Milwaukee's going crazy. Everybody, oh, the passing of the torch. It's the passing of the torch. Uh, Giannis is the best player in basketball. S- slow down. Can we can we slow down? <laughs> can we slow down? Um, this Lake, this this Milwaukee Bucks and Lakers game that aired on TNT last night was nothing more than just. The Bucks coming out wanting to play up to par. Um, the Bucks obviously saw this as a big game. They saw this. They marked this. They marked this game on the calendar. Uh, the whole city of Milwaukee was crazy and was up for this game. This is one of those like, oh my, hey, we have the Lakers coming to town. We got a, hey, the Lakers and LeBron and AD, the 24 and 4 Lakers are coming to town. We got to, Giannis, you got to show why you're the MVP. Giannis, you got to show why you are ready to take the mantle from LeBron. It was one of those statement games for Milwaukee. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. You know, I just, uh, you know, I just think we have to slow down. Let's let's slow down on the oh the 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 Lakers they lost to the Bucks. If they were to play in June, first the Lakers would not be coming off a five game road trip. Second, the Lakers wouldn't look nothing like they did last last night. 
Uh, thirdly, LeBron, LeBron would be much more locked in and focused. I think uh, with this Milwaukee team, it's a great story. Milwaukee is a great story, and I like Milwaukee. Um, I think Milwaukee, right as of right now, they're probably the best team in the Eastern Conference. But Milwaukee is a great story. I can't see them nothing more as it, you know. I can't see them nothing more as of right now. I can't call them. I can't call. Well, they're in the championship picture, but. I still have to see them in the postseason because if you go back and look at last year in the postseason, they played a Detroit team in the first round that was below 500. They played they played a Detroit Pistons team that was below 500 that made the playoffs with no Blake Griffin. Second second round they played the Celtics who were dysfunctional all year last year, and in third round the the Eastern Conference Finals they ran into the, they ran into the, the eventual. Uh, NBA champs, Toronto's Raptors. They ran into Kawhi in Toronto, and the the Bucks' key players were eliminated and practically shut down. Uh, Chris Middleton was was hot and cold. He was hot and cold that series. He was on and off. wasn't really consistent. Giannis was uh, neutralized. He was neutralized because of his his lack of jump shot. So. Let's just slow down with Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee. I think it's a great story. They um, the the route they're going, they'll probably have the number one seed in the East. But the last sixteen number one seeds, get this: the last sixteen number one seeds in the Eastern Conference, three of them have made the NBA Finals, and two of those teams were LeBron teams. They were LeBron led teams. So when you're talking about number one seed and them being the top seed. In the Eastern Conference, the number one seed in the, in the last sixteen, the last sixteen number one seeds, only three of those seed of those teams made to the finals. Two of them were LeBron's. So let's slow down. I think we all need to slow down. Let's take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. We don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think we need to say, hey, what's going on with the Lakers? Nothing, nothing wrong with the Lakers. The Lakers came off a five-game uh, five five, five five road, five road trip. Um, I, think, um, I think the Lakers, I was, I was kind of impressed that they, uh, made a, they tried to make a, a comeback late in the third. They, they tried to make like pushes in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, to try to keep the game as close as possible. But it was just one of those nights for Milwaukee. Um, and it's role players and Giannis. He hit five. He had a, he hit he hit a career five point three pointers. Uh, so Milwaukee had a lot of shots. The Lakers were shot twenty nine percent in the first quarter. Um, so the Lakers didn't hit many shots to start off the game. But as LeBron said last night uh, after the game, he said, "Hey, once we got into the flow of the game and our offense started clicking, we hit some shots. We were fine." We were fine offensively, and they had some turnovers. I think they had about 18 turnovers. Nine of them came from LeBron and Rondo. Um, I think LeBron had four, Rondo had five. So it, they got a, you know, they, they, they Lakers played a little sloppy, didn't shoot the ball well, and Milwaukee did everything right, got fast break points, shot the ball well, shot the three well. So it's just one of those games where, hey, I, I don't take much into account of it. Um, you know, it's just a regular season game, and plus for Milwaukee, Milwaukee's like Denver of last year and those Derrick Rose-led uh, Bulls teams. You know, those teams that, 
you know, don't have much playoff experience, don't have, uh, don't have any, don't have no championships, don't have no rings. It's really one of those stories and those, one of those teams where every big time game they have against the Lakers, Clippers, like they, like the, the Bucks routed the Clippers a couple weeks ago. The Bucks, you know, just beat the Lakers like, like. So anytime they get these big time games against these big big time players and teams, Kawhi and LeBron and Clippers, LA, the, the the Bucks try to come out and play and try to show what they're made of per se. They try to show what they're made of and what the what they're made of and what they're built. I don't take much into account of it. Um, I look at you know in the postseason and especially in June, guys, stars elevate their level of play. Chris Middleton, he's a good now. Don't get me wrong, Chris Middleton's a good player, but if I, I mean, if you were, if you, if we were to calculate, you know, who I, look at the both, look at both rosters from L.A. and Milwaukee in a playoff type of format. First rest would not be an issue. Lakers have an older team, one of the older, one of the oldest teams in the league, so rest would not be an issue because it's it's the playoffs. So you know you you get days in between games, so you can count rest out. That's not being an issue. But you know from the top two, the top three players in this game between Milwaukee and L.A. Lakers have that. The Lakers have LeBron and A.D. Milwaukee has Giannis. Uh, and when it comes to hitting big shots and showing up in big moments and big games. I trust LeBron, AD, and Danny Green. I only trust Giannis from Milwaukee. Everybody else from Milwaukee, uh, kind of skeptical of. Uh, it's just, it's just the truth. I'm kind of skeptical of Chris Middleton. Like I said, hey, he, um, he was hot and cold all postseason. He had some. He had. He's yeah. He rarely had. He barely had his bright moments where he shot the ball highly efficient. Um, you know, playing defense how he looks in the regular season, but mostly throughout the postseason last year, especially. Against Toronto in the Eastern Conference um, Finals, he struggled. Uh, shooting percentages were low. His game really dipped. Good player, not a dominant, not a dominant All Star, not a perennial All Star, but he's an All Star level player. But not wasn't a dominant high school player. Wasn't a dominant college player. And he's a he's not. I don't even consider him a perennial All Star. He's a he's an All Star level player. But I wouldn't say he's a perennial all-star. He's an all-star level player. Um, I think uh, you know we, we. I think in the postseason, role players, the the the, the certain role players will step up. Uh, stars will obviously elevate their play. Don't really take much in account for this from this Milwaukee game and in, in this LA game. Um, don't. I just don't. I just don't. Um, now I want to shift gears to uh, the second the the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, between the Rockets and Clippers, the Clippers uh had a led by as much as seventeen. I think they met. They led as much as seventeen. Now the thing with the with the Clippers, the Clippers they're solid. Good coaching, depth is not a problem. Talent's not an issue. Effort. Um, they have the stars obviously in Kawhi and PG, but I don't think my that's my problem with the Clippers. I think more of their character and their intensity. And how the way they're viewed. I think that's more of my issue with the Clippers. Because, you know, everybody, you know, coming into the season, everybody's, oh, the Clippers and Kawhi and Paul George. And we got Lou Williams and our bench and Doc Rivers. 
Steve Ballmer. We have the energetic uh, owner. We uh, we 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 we're, we're the little brother. We're no longer the little brother to the Lakers. And it's just all that, all the media attention, all of it. I mean, it's it's like we we this, the media actually this year. For, I think for the first time in forever, you know, they had the Lakers and the Clippers on the same pedestal. And the Lakers are usually up here, and the Clippers are usually down here. But it's a little bit different for the Clippers because they the Lakers are right here, and the Clippers are like right there. They're right near the they're right near the Lakers. They're right near the Lakers. They're just as exciting to watch. Uh, for me, for my personal liking, uh, I would take I would choose LeBron and AD. But as far as uh, entertainment and talent and. Uh, fun to watch. The Clippers are right up there with with uh, PG and Kawhi and Lou Will, and Patrick Beverly. They have all these guys, and you just they shoot threes. You love the Clippers, but it's a different. It's, this is a different position that the Clippers are in right now. The Clippers are in a different position. The Clippers are usually the underdogs. They're usually playing as the underdogs, and in and as in in these big games. And we have seen, I, I, I mean, certainly in my in my time in watching basketball, I have seen the Clippers in a lot of big-time games. I have seen the Clippers in a lot of big-time playoff series. And they would have moments like they did last night where it's a game, a big game, against a quality team, a team that they might see in the postseason. I've seen the Clippers build big leads and, and and just absolutely collapse in the last in the last quarter. I, I I've seen it happen to the Clippers. I've seen it happen. That's what the Clippers have been since I've been. I mean, since, I mean, I can go back when they had Lob City and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan with JJ Redick and Jamal Crawford. Like those were some good rosters. And they won a lot of regular season games, but come the time when it's come when it's time to play those big games, them big time national televised games, and them playoff games against those those Spurs and the Warriors, the Lakers, the Thunder, the Rocket. Like I've seen them shrink numer. I've seen them shrink many times. I've seen the Clippers shrink many times. And just basically give the game away. I see, I have, I've seen them do it so many times. And last night, that's what that was. And I think with them being at, with them in their position this year, and how they are viewed with the roster that they have and the personnel that they have, they are, they are now seen as the favorite. And they're no longer pursuing, oh, we're, we're trying to get into the title talks. No. We're not, they're not trying, they're no longer trying to be championship contenders. They are championship contenders. They do have a championship bona fide team. But now, let's see if the, if the Clippers, like, historically, the Clippers haven't been able to live up to such hype. But let's see if they can. But last night, once again, against the Rockets, against a team that have players who have played in a lot of big games, players who have played in some big-time playoff uh, matchups, 
players who have seen just about everything. Players that who have played against those Warriors teams with Durant and Curry and Clay and Draymond. The, like they were this the Rockets, this they were used to this type of environment, this type of, of intensity, this type of game. The Clippers seemed shell-shocked. The Clippers got out of character. They got out of character last night in the fourth quarter. Lou Williams would get would get ejected. Uh, Patrick Beverly fouled out, had a foolish, he committed a foolish foul. Then he would pick up his second technical and he would got, he got ejected. So it, it showed me a lot with the Clippers. And like I said, hey, with them, talent's not going to be an issue. Depth is not going to be an issue. Uh, defense is not going to be an issue. It shouldn't be. Um, effort's not gonna be an issue, and coaching and schematic and X and O's is not gonna be. It's not gonna be issues for them. But I think how they how they take on this new role of the NBA of being the hunted instead of being the hunter, because for years the Clippers have been the hunters, even when they had Lob City and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, they were still considered the hunters. But now they have a championship bona fide team. They got the finals MVP in Kawhi. They got another two-way. They got one of the best two-way guys in Paul George in the league. And now with the depth and the coaching that they have, they are now the hunted. They are now viewed as championship contenders. And what I worry about is them being able to live up to the role. Can the Clippers fulfill that role? Are they? Are, are, can they fulfill that role? Can they fulfill that role? I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can. They're twenty-one and nine right now. I mean, the Clippers are just fine, but can they live up to the hype? Can they live up to the hype? That's all I'm asking. Because sometimes some things in regular season are fixable, but some things in regular season, when you when you see an issue and you spot an issue, but you don't fix the issue as a team. Sometimes that issue can carry over into the playoffs. Sometimes that issue can carry over to May and June. And that can prevent you from hoisting a Larry O'Brien trophy. I'll be back. Okay, so another thing before I move on with this NBA talk, um, before you know, because I enjoy talking about the NBA, but <laughs> no mantle was passed last night, and also, 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 
don't 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 say and say, oh, I don't like the NBA. I hate the NBA. You guys all summer were telling me the duos was going to form parity. But now, in the NBA, looking at the last, the first two months of the NBA season, I spot three elite teams. Clippers, Lakers, and Bucks. Everybody else is in their own category. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. The three standout elite teams in the NBA. Please do not hit me talking about the NBA has parity. No, it does not. And if you're going to use that as a reason why you don't like why you don't like the NBA or you dislike the NBA, please, please stop. Please stop with the parity talk. Please. You guys all summer told me with the Kawhi signings and all the trade that were, trades that were made and Kyrie going to Brooklyn. You told you guys gave me all of that. You fed me all of that crap. And you told me, oh, we're going to have parity. It's going to be competitive. We're going to have real competitive basketball games. Really? Really? For real? It's, there's three elite teams. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. 76ers, they're a good team. Celtics, good team. The Mavericks, a good team. Uh, Utah, a good team. Denver, a good team. Toronto, they're a good team. But the, the, Houston, the Rockets, they're a good team. But I don't, I, I don't see none of those teams beating... Uh, the the I don't see none of those teams beating the the Lakers in in, in two weeks. I don't see I, I don't see them I don't see the, none of those teams beating the Lakers four times in two weeks. Only team that's gonna beat the Lakers four times in two weeks is the Clippers. Is the Clippers? Only time only teams that can beat the clip the Lakers in two weeks in the West is the Clippers. That's it. Utah, uh, love them, but. They're just not they're not explosive enough, I don't feel. Denver, you guys always tell me Denver's pregnant. I never see the baby. Uh like I said, like I said, Dallas, nice young team, nice young team. Uh, I think they're a little uh Luka Doncic, Luka Don- Luka dependent, but hey, whatever floats their boat. I think they're a good team, but they're not elite. Three elite teams. So when you tell me uh parity, we need more parity, more competitiveness. No, we do not. No, we do not. You guys watch college football all Sunday, all Saturday, every Saturday. You guys are still going to watch. How many years have Clemson been in this college football playoff? Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. They haven't missed it. My bad. Clemson, once again, is the favorite to beat Ohio State and if Clemson was to beat Ohio State, I would probably put my money on Clemson beating LSU. My bad. Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State. Three major powers that's been dominating college football these last few years. And you guys still watch. You guys still tune in. But you love college football. You say you want parity, but you love college football. Once again, three, th- two teams out of the out of the South, Clemson and LSU, and then Oklahoma is 
damn near in the South as well. You're, you're talking about geographical dominance? I talked about this all summer. I talked about this before the NBA season started, during, all, during the free agency and offseason. I said, hey, you guys say you guys scream parody and we want competitive. I cannot tell. You guys live for dynasties. As fans, you live for dynasties. We live for dynasties. We just do. I'm sorry. We just do. We live for dynasties. We live for dynasties. I'm sorry. You're going to tell me you didn't like those those Kobe's and Shaq teams? You're going to tell me you didn't like nine, you didn't you didn't you didn't enjoy watching the 90s Bulls? You didn't you didn't like those iconic in the Celtics and Lakers? You're going to tell me you didn't like those? Well, get this. They they went between until they went in that whole era, between Magic and Bird, they won eight titles. You, and you guys scream for parity. You want more parity. There's no parity in soccer. There's no parity in college football. There's no parity in F- 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 FBS football. There's no parity in baseball. The Yankees just signed Garrett Cole. The Yankees just signed on the Garrett Cole. The guy, Garrett Cole, probably the best pitcher in baseball, just signed... With the Yankees. The ink is not even dry yet. The Yankees with that signing. Have basically essentially. Already guaranteed them a spot. In the American League Championship. They already guaranteed. They already guaranteed themselves. In the, in, in the American League Championship. They have already guaranteed that. With that signing. But you guys want parody, right? You guys want parody. You guys scream for parody. You guys scream for parody. I bet you. Go back and look at those Lakers and Bucks ratings. Go and look at the Clippers and Rockets ratings. They were high. But you guys scream for parody. You guys will scream for parody all throughout the offseason. All throughout the offseason. You screamed for parody. We want parody. Parody is. Parody at. You got it. You have it. You have it. <laughs> I mean, what 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 more is it to talk about? You have parody. You got parody. That is what you want. You got it. That's what you want. Don't I mean in the in the nineteen seventies you had nine. You had in the in the nineteen seventies in the NBA in that whole decade. You had nine different, t- nine different teams won the title in that whole decade. Guess what happened to the NBA ratings? Guess what happened to the NBA finals? Oh, my bad. It went on tape delay. My bad. You guys scream for parody. You can. You you guys use parody as a reason why you dislike the NBA. You use that as a reason why you don't watch the NBA. But you cannot use that as a reason. It's 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 not it's not a great reason at all. It's not a good reason at all that you use that as hey, I, because hey, get this. You have the same teams in college football, college basketball, MLB. 
You have the same teams, soccer. You have the same teams and countries dominating the sport, and you still watch. You guys watch tennis. Serena dominates the females. Federer dominates the males. You guys scream for parody, though. With golf, you you, you, you have tremendous parody in golf. Guys, people wasn't watching golf. Tiger last year goes back, wins the Masters. Everybody screamed for Tiger's dominance. We live for dynasties. We live for individual dominance. That's just what we live for. People wasn't watching golf. Oh, Tiger get back on the team. Tiger gets back on the scene. Tiger gets back. He wins the Masters. Everybody screams for the Masters. Everybody screams Tiger Woods. You guys, but you, you, but you say you want parody. Make up your minds. You say you want parody, but then you rave about the dynasties. You love the dynasties. Just saying. Seventies and in the seventies and NBA finals coming on tape delay. Magic and Bird saved the league. Reigns at an all-time high in the 80s. Just saying. Just saying. Just had to get that off my chest real quick. Cause I, I just I just hate it when you know when we say when we scream parody, parody, parody. But then you get parody and, you're, and I'm like, what what? We have parody, okay, so what's the problem? What's the problem? So news broke. News broke. And this is tremendous. This is big. This is big. News broke that USC, USC, the stored program of USC football was ranked, its recruiting class was ranked dead last. It was ranked dead last. In the Pac-12, as far as recruiting, mind you, Oregon State, Washington State, Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, uh, UCLA, all those schools are in the Pac-12. Stanford, all those schools are in the Pac-12. Why in the hell is USC ranked last in its recruiting class in the Pac-12? But you know what happened? USC is such a big power. USC is, it's, 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 as far as the football program, it's not so much the program and the conference. It's, the, it's, a, it's a brand. The USC... Football program is a brand. It's a brand. Like, and it's only a few of those. It's only a few of these in college football. Like, Notre Dame is a brand. Notre Dame has NBC. Alabama is a brand. Brand. Michigan is a brand. USC is a brand. And it was, it was. A very big brand. But if you look at what has transpired these last few years under Clay Helton and 
what has happened is first, the top 25 high school football players in in California all none went to USC. USC got none. USC got none. USC got none of the top players within its own city. Los Angeles. USC got no players. So what that's telling me is kids are rivaling instead of playing at home in LA, in California, full USC, so their parents, their loved ones, family, friends can come out, watch them play every Saturday. Instead of them choosing that route, playing for USC and that big brand, instead of that, they choose to go elsewhere. They choose to go north. They choose to go northern California. They choose to go south and Clemson. Or they choose to go to North in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Maryland, Michigan State, Wisconsin. They choose to go to all these other schools. And and I can see why. I can see why USC is ranked, its recruiting class is ranked dead last in the Pac-12. I can see why. They're losing all of the inner city kids. They're losing all of the inner city kids. They're, they're, they're losing all the inner city kids. You gotta be able to recruit. I'm seeing it with with the local. I'm seeing it with my with local colleges around where I live in my area. Merlin football got one of the best recruiters in football. Got one of the best recruiters in college football. Merlin, yes. Merlin football has one of the best recruiters in college football. Kid goes St. John's, top wide receiver. Top wide receiver chooses Merlin over LSU. Mike Larksley, one of the best college football Recruiters in the nation. You know how you know how he's gonna turn around this Merlin's. You know how he's gonna turn around this Merlin football team. This Merlin program. You know how he's gonna turn around. He's gonna turn it around by by doing this easily. It's gonna start with first. Getting all of the inner city kids. There's no longer the, 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 the ACC, those SEC powers, those Big Ten powers are no longer or um, like Penn State. Penn State has a lot of DMV kids. LSU has gotten quite a few of 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 of, of um of DMV kids. Those SEC schools, they got some guys around from this area. Ohio State got some DMV guys. Chase Young, DMV guy. Went to Damafta. 
came from the map. You gotta be able to control your pipeline within your radius. Within your radius. You gotta you you gotta be able to control that. You can't let these other college football traditions and powers come in to your recruiting grounds, to your actual grounds, and take your players. And that would and that's what ha- that's all what happened to USC. They have letting the first round, first of all, president of the president of the f- football of, of USC f- um football program, bad. Clay Helton, they should get they should have gave him some more lead way. They they first they wanted they they were gonna fire him. He's gonna be he was gonna be done with USC, then USC brought him back. All while this is going on with recruiting. All while this is going on with recruiting. Not a perfect formula. Not a good not not this is not a good plan for success. And with the technology, no disrespect to to, to um to teenagers and athletes in the past and collegiate athletes in the past, but nowadays with the advancements of technology with social media, kids, 18 and 17-year-olds can see much easier through the BS. They can see much, they, they see much easier through the BS with the advancements of technology and social media in today's age. 17 and 18 year olds and also parents see right through the BS. And they can see where a program is gone bad and rotten and spoiled. And they can see where a program is trending upward and your kid's going to take it to the next level. Your kid's going to take it to the next level. And that is all what is going on with USC. Brand is diminishing. That Coliseum isn't as packed. Clay Helton. Just saying. I'm just saying. Not hating on USC. I like Cali. I love Cali. I love Cali. Trust me. I love it. But USC got to do a better job. They got to do a better job. And this is going to hurt this as far as the recruiting class and where they rank, which is dead last in the Pac-12. It's going to hurt. It's, it's going to hurt USC for some years. It's going to take a while for USC to get this, for, for them to turn this thing around this bad boy around this puppy in USC. It's going to take them a while to turn this thing around. It's going to take them a while. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take them a while to turn this bad boy around at USC. I, I, I'm, not sh- I'm not quite sure if they do it. Not quite sure if they do it. It's going to take them a while. But the downfall to USC... 
And it's basic. It's easy. They're letting, they're letting the L.A. kids slip right by their hands. They're not getting the Cali kids. They're not getting the L.A. kids. They're not landing their homegrown guys. They're not landing those guys. They're not getting those guys. Those guys are going even north, south. They're going to Clemson. They're going to Georgia. They're going to Stanford. They're going to Michigan State, Michigan. They're going all these other places. The hometown guys like, hey, yeah, I'm sorry, mom, my dad. Uh, you can't come to my games all every weekend because they're not choosing USC. They're not choosing USC. USC should be ashamed of themselves. Cause what it, what it, what is going on? I'm gotta do better. You gotta do better. So there's some. Conf- I want to you know I want to shift gears, and I'm aware that there. I told you guys there's Saturday games, but before I get to my picks for Saturday for those for those NFL Saturday games. There are, there are some reports coming out of Oakland with the Raiders, with John Gruden and Derek Carr and connect. Now you guys know, I it's I always say when it comes when it comes to quarterback and franchise and and um. When it comes to quarterback and franchise, and man, always got to be a good match. It gotta, you got to match. You got to have the right match. You got to have the right system in place. And with this Derek Carr thing, I don't, I don't think he's an elite quarterback at all. I don't think he has elite talent. But what I can say about Derek Carr is, He's not a bad quarterback. I think if you put the right similar to Kirk Cousins, if you put the right pieces around him, you give him a run game, you give him some nice talented receivers, you give him somewhat of a defense, like you'll be fine. You won't I don't think you'll win a Super Bowl. I don't think you I don't think you'll be I don't think you'll win a Super Bowl with that, with Derek Carr. But if you give him the right pieces, give him the right toolage, um put him under the right system and format. He can make he can get you to the playoffs and he can probably he probably get close to making the conference title game but as far as winning the AFC and and winning the Super Bowl it's not going to happen with with their car I don't think but if you put the right pieces and places around him I think it would match out and fit well but but what is the lingering issue is Patrick Mahomes. And you're like, what? How? How how's Patrick Mahomes what what does he have to do with the Raiders? Similar to what Brady and Belichick has done for the last 18 to 20 years in the in the AFC East. Brady and Belichick have been so good and so dominant that they have caused and forced those other three teams to fire so many coaches. And to get rid of so many quarterbacks and to fire so many GMs and to rebuild their team so many times because of the dominance of Brady and Belichick. 
It has forced the Dolphins. It has forced the Jets. It has forced the Bills. It has forced all three teams to fire multiple coaches, to get rid of multiple quarterbacks, to try multiple quarterbacks, to get rid of multiple GMs. Those three teams have done so much in the course of 20 years, it has not made no sense. Especially, the, I, mean, well, all, I mean, all of them, all three teams, Miami, the Jets, the Bills, all three teams have been pitiful. They've been god-awful. And most of the failures, most of the firings, most of, most of the replacements, it's, it, it's mostly due to the dominance and the brilliance and the winning culture that Belichick and Brady have installed within the Patriots and it's just making the other three teams look bad. And here's where Patrick Mahomes comes into play with the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is an all-time talent. And he has the right match and the perfect fit with Andy Reid, who is an offensive guru and an offensive mastermind. And his creativity is out of this world. His creativity is otherworldly. And if you match and pair that with a quarterback who has a rocket launcher for an arm, and who's an all-time talent. These two guys, this duo is going to run the AFC West for the next 10 years. If Mahomes stays healthy, they're going to run the AFC West for the next 10 years. And the, 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 these three teams, you know, the Raiders... The uh, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos, they're going to go through so many coaches. They're going to go through so many quarterbacks. They're going to go through so many GMs. They're gonna, they, they, it's no, it's, it's going to be no way where they're going to be like, ah, oh, we just can't catch a break. What do we do? And, that's what's the, and that is what the Raiders are going through right now. I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. I don't think he's below average. I think he's I think he's closer to average than elite or you know elite. I think he's closer to average than elite. But for the Raiders to be trying to get rid of Derek Carr, I think it's just uh because he he's he's had his moments this year where he's like, oh Derek Carr, he look he's efficient, he doesn't turn the ball over. Then he has his moments where it's like, ooh, Derek Carr. Yucks, yikes, yikes, bro. Yeah. He's had his moments like that. But I, I, I truly think don't 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 get rid of it too quick. Maybe go one one more year. One more year with Derek Carr. One more year with Derek Carr. Don't get rid of him this year, this offseason. Now I mean, you know, what just one more year. You're going into LA. Maybe you need a, maybe I mean I mean you're going into Las Vegas. Maybe you think you need a, a spark. You need something that's going to take it to the next level. Maybe you're thinking in that terms. But don't get rid of Derek Carr. But I feel like it's going to be a whole bunch of this. It's going to be a whole bunch of chatter. It's going to be a whole bunch of moves of such. Where a quarterback may lose his job. Coaching may lose his job. GM may lose his job. It's going to be so much of that. Because of the dominance of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And 
You mix that you mix their two talents together. Offensively, they're practically in this division. In this division, in this piece of crap, you call a division. Yeah, good luck. Good luck for the next ten years. Say the um the Chargers and Broncos and Raiders. Good luck. Hopefully, one of these two team, one of these three teams, you know, hit on you know hit on the quarterback for the next two for you know these next two years. Hopefully, one of these two teams just strike gold. If they don't, though, if they stuck with these guys that they have, good luck. Kansas City's going to run this division for the next 10 years. So, like I told you guys, we have our game picks for Saturday. I'm not going to give you all of my game picks today. I'm only going to give you my game picks for Saturday. Saturday, we got some, we got some, we got some good games. First game on the docket. 1 o'clock game on Saturday. Houston at Tampa Bay. Houston is a three-point favorite. Um, they, they, they now Houston's coming off a big win versus Tennessee at Tennessee. Um, a, a, a much-needed win coming off of some losses. A much-needed a, a much-needed win against Tennessee, a division foe who they're right now they're battling for a playoff spot right now. With I think Tennessee will win. The, I think I mean Tennessee. I think the Texans. We'll win this game against the, against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is fairly too inconsistent. Well, they can come out and play um, well, but with with Jameis Winston, his turnover problem. I mean, the dude is a turnover machine. He does it. He turn. He throws more picks than touchdowns. I mean, for, for, for I mean, for Jesus' sake. I mean, he this kid throws more interceptions than touchdowns. He he's bad. He's bad. I think Deshaun Watson and his talent. Um, along with DeAndre Hopkins, I think the, them two. I think this will get them over the top. It'd be enough to get them over the top against Tampa Bay. Uh, I have the I have Houston winning thirty to twenty. Thirty to twenty, Houston. Four thirty game on the docket. This is a big game. Buffalo nine and four. Buffalo versus eleven and three. Or ten and four Buffalo versus eleven and three New England. New England is a six and a half point favorite. Um, I'm gonna go with New England. I'm gonna go with New England win this game. Uh, I don't think they went by touchdown though. I don't think they went by. I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna go with six and a half. I think that's a little too high. Uh, with New England's uh, offensive struggles that we have been talking about for the last few months, and now with Buffalo's. You know, probably probably the best defense in football with Buffalo's, you know, top-tier defense and New England's bottom-tier offense. It, it, something's got to give. Something's got to give. I think New England will be able to squeak out with this win and clinch the AFC North um, or the AFC East. Uh, my bad. They would be. I think they'd be able to clinch the AFC East. But it's something about this Bills team that I like. I like I like watching them. Josh Allen has made some tremendous strides. He has also struggled against Belichick in his years, or well, in his first two years against you know playing New England. But it's something about Buffalo that I like. I like their defense. They don't and they don't. They're not like flashy. You know, they don't throw the ball thirty. 
40 times a game, and they're not going to score 40 points. But they play good defense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to take a couple big shots here and there. I like Buffalo, but I'm going to take New England win this game. I'm going to take New England win this game 23-20. 23-20 New England. And then the last game on the docket, 8-15. Rams at the 49ers. It's at San Francisco. Six and a half point favorite that the 49ers are. I'm going to take those points, and I'm going to take the Niners. I think the Niners win. I think the Niners will be able to squeak out with a victory against the Rams. The Rams, essentially, you know, they're probably looking at the playoff race. They're like, uh, we're, we're practically playing for nothing. I think the I think I think the Forty Nineers will bounce back from a, a a heartbreaking loss against Atlanta. They have they have played some tight games these last few uh these last few weeks. They've been playing some tough and tight games. Um, against some high-powered offense, I think their defense will get together. Uh, Rams didn't look too good against against the Cowboys last week. I'm gonna take the Niners to win, 31-20, 31-24 Niners. I think the Niners will win 31-24, 31-24 Niners win by seven. Those are my game picks. Um, that is a wrap. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, I know that school is out, winter break, winter break, I know the kids are happy, um, it's a, hey, it's almost Christmas, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, we'll be back soon, um, I'm gonna give you guys my Sunday picks, we also got some headlines, I also want, I got some headlines that I wanna break down as well, but thank you guys for keep on clicking, we did hit a thousand we hit we hit a thousand. We had a thousand average listeners. Thank you guys for being so gracious. Um you guys you guys have been doing a excellent job. I always say it, but you guys have been doing an excellent job. Like I really mean it. You've been doing an excellent job. But first, spreading the word. And second, listening to the pod. Listening to the pod and clicking. Clicking, you guys are doing a great job at clicking the pod. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, thank you. We hit the thousand uh, listener mark before New Year's. That was the goal. We hit the goal early, and when some of come around, we want to be at five thousand uh, average listeners. We're only growing. We're only getting bigger and better, but. Once again, I am I'm, 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 I am gracious. I'm humble. I am I am honored. Thank you guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy that hot chocolate. Enjoy them games. Um, not much to say here. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. I'm out. Adios, amigos. Peace.